Well, it's good to be back this week with Texas Homegrown Music. It's Maylee Thomas, and I've got Blackbird Sing in the house today with Robert Salinas. He's going to be speaking on behalf of all of those guys, and we had a very interesting conversation, and I think you guys are going to find it um, illuminating in a lot of ways to just let you realize how important it is that we take care of ourselves. And so I'm not going to give you any hints about it. I'm just going to get to the interview in a minute. But before I do, I'm going to sing Soul Shine because that's one of my favorite songs off of one of my older records. I heard this song sung many years ago and I had to cover it. So I did. And I sing it out a lot. A lot of people really love it. And somebody just sent me a request this week and said, could you please play Soul Shine on your show? So I'm doing it. So right after this song, we'll be back with Robert Salinas right here on Texas Homegrown Music with Maylee Thomas.
it's Maylee Thomas, and I'm here with Robert Salinas of Blackbird Sing. How you doing, Robert? I'm doing good, Maylee. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I am so glad. So what you guys don't realize, I ran into these guys at the um, at the Texas Music Revolution last uh, June, which has just been a few weeks ago. And um, I, you guys are such a good looking group of guys. I had to get my picture made with you on the street there. And I was like, I want to have you guys on the show. And we worked it out. And I'm so pumped to have you on today, Robert. And so I don't know that much about you guys other than I listened, you know, down to some tunes and you guys got some really cool vocals and great songs and I dig your vibe. So you need to tell me what brought you guys together and, and, and what brought you into the music scene from the very beginning. Okay. So that story runs pretty deep. Um, we we're from San Antonio and uh, we, we all started playing music back like in the early nineties, uh, playing in punk rock groups. Um, I played in a punk wow. rock band called Die Boy. Yeah. For about, uh, 13 years. And uh, I finally just gave it up after a while. You know, it got to the point where I was already getting in my late twenties and, um, singing to teenagers. Wasn't still exactly a my baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I gave it up. Uh, we dropped that, that whole sound. And I mean, it's still something that I love and I still listen to a lot. Um, but what ended up happening is in the meantime, the guys that are in my band, they had their own thing going too, real similar to what I was doing. Uh, two of the guys that are in my band, which is James and Daniel, are my cousins. And uh, wow, we, I, didn't know, know, I didn't realize that. Right. They're, they're, my, they're my, my blood family. Um, I mean, and what do they sing friends. as well? They're the guys that do the backing vocals. They're, uh, one of them All is right. a drummer. Well, that's why. Okay, there, yeah, there, that, that, blood that harmony. explains it. That explains yeah. it because I was gonna, I was gonna say right off the bat, what really grabbed me from the beginning was the tightness of the vocals. So that that explains right. it. Right, there's some blood harmony going on there, um, and James is the guitarist. Uh, Daniel's the drummer. So they're, they're my cousins, and um, our bass player now. Because when the very beginning, Blackbird Sing was was a different group, and we were the same that same group for a very long time. But, you know, some of the guys, they ran their course with the group and it just went the way it went. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping around, but let me get back to the beginning. No, that's OK. Go for it. So we, you know, basically we grew up in that in that rock and roll punk rock scene and uh, did that for a very long time. I uh, gave up music for a little while, uh, went back to school, got married, did the whole like, you know, just settle down for a minute type thing. And in that time that I was doing that, I was still writing songs, but I was writing them acoustic. And um, the sound that I was going for wasn't very, wasn't very rock and roll. It was a little more singer songwriter. Uh, essentially, I was kind of going back to my parents' music, you know, like Cat Stevens and and the whole Jim Croce thing. And oh my um, God! So see, I could be your parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what ends up happening is I'm writing these songs, and uh, I start saying, well, you know, maybe I'll just do an acoustic thing and I'll play every, every so often. And just to get that music bug. Cause once you get the bug, it doesn't, it never leaves you. And that's something that every musician understands that, you know, people say, well, why do you play to an empty house sometimes? And I'm like, well, cause that empty house is still a house, you know, like it's still a house of music, man. Well, and, and you're so, still, if you're not playing for yourself first no. and foremost, yeah. then give it right. up. That's right. And so it's, it's for the, it's for the love, you know, for the love of the, of the song, you know, but, um, 
so I wrote these songs um, and I started to kind of play them and we would do like like a Christmas party or something and I would play these songs and some of the guys that were in my bands before would accompany me. But in the meantime, I was like, well, I asked the drummer, uh, which is my cousin, hey man, you, you would you mind sitting in on these songs? And keep in mind that they were still doing their band, uh, which was like a real heavy Southern, like hard, I can't even describe them. Like they're heavy, they were heavy. And they had been a band like that for years. So basically what ended up happening is just little by little, that band became my backing band. And okay. eventually we, they, they just kind of caught up with me, man. They were just like, hey, you know what? We're going to leave that sound. And they stayed with it. And we've been doing this Blackbird Sing thing now for 10 years. So it just wow, became singer-songwriter. And of course, you know, people always ask, well, what's your sound? And I'm like, well, I think we kind of got to the point where we decided that we were just going to make music that we liked to do. And not worry so much about like what our sound is. And I think in doing that, we, we created our sound, you know, which it's a little bit of Tex-Mex, a little bit of a uh, little bit of punk rock, a little pop sensibility in there, a little bit of country. It's, it's kind of all mixed in there together. Um, we are really into like 60s and, you know, like that rockabilly sound. We really dig the 60s stuff that like Dion and the Belmonts were doing. And so that's where a lot of that harmony comes from. We, we kind of dig phenomenal. that stuff. Yeah. So um, now we you know here we are and full circle that the guy that started the first band with me is now our bass player. So he, he was oh, out wow. of music for like he was out of music for like 15 years, man. And he came back to it. And so it worked out really nice. So we have this band now that's really, really tight knit. You know, it's really strong. We're all on the same page. So we were just kind of trying to take it, bring it back, really, because during you know during all the things that have been happening lately you know with the band uh people don't realize that anytime you stop gigging or you take a break for i don't know let's say a, a kid you know like somebody has a kid uh somebody gets a new job you know like there's those things that kind of hold you back a little bit every time you stop you kind of essentially send yourself right back to the end of that line the music doesn't wait for you the scene doesn't wait for you the music just keeps going you know so we've rebuilt the band you know, a few times we're, we're at the point now where we're just kind of pushing forward again slowly. And, you know, the past year didn't help either. No. Well, I love the sound. I love where you're going with it. And I definitely can hear a lot of different influences as I'm, and I'm so glad to hear you say that you guys aren't being purposeful on a certain kind of sound or a certain um, lane to stay in, because I really you know, I, and in fact, I, I talked about this yesterday on an interview that I really feel like we need to get back to where we go see people because they're an artist or they're a band and not necessarily because they only sing a certain type of music. Sure. Um, sure. I don't know about you, but I mean, when you love music, I mean, for me, I, I just love music and I listen to all kinds of music. And I don't yeah. think there's anybody out there that just says, I'm only going to listen to just this kind of music. I'm sure there's probably people that, you know, turn on a country station or turn on something and kind of, you know, stay in that lane for a while. That's not me, but I know there's probably some people out there like that, but I really feel like, um, I feel like uh, as a musician, we need to think of ourselves as, as an artist that's evolving. Totally. Yeah. I kind of, I've kind of outgrew that whole, like, oh, when you listen to certain things, you know, that when you're saying that it was making me think about when I was a lot younger, you know, as a teenager mm -hmm. and, you know, cause you know, you find a music and I think what happens is you feel like it's exclusive to you. 
and you have this this feeling of this like oh this is mine you know and then when other people start getting into it then you start pulling that whole like oh it's it's, it's not cool anymore it's not cool anymore <laughs> you know and i'm already i'm at the point where i'm like dude i don't care about that man like at all like you know if i like something i like it you know you know, it's so funny you say that because I had this conversation with my uh, with my youngest daughter. I can remember when she was probably 16, 17. She was really getting into digging around for for music um, in other countries, in other places that nobody had heard about. And it was like she, it, she made it hers. And as soon as they and she would she would discover these bands that literally a year or two after she had discovered them, they'd break out and they were like mainstream. And all of a sudden she she was like, oh, I can't stand them. And I'm right. like, well, why can't you stand them? And she's like, well, because everybody's listening to them. And I was like, right. well, that's because they're really good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's not a bad thing. But um, yeah, it's not. It, it's it, it's funny how some people take it very personal. Like, you know, oh, well, you know, it, it's like a relationship. <laughs> well, there's all these things like there's all these there's all these like unwarranted rules in the in the music scene or being an artist that like sometimes, you know, you have these guys that really try hard to be cool. Like, I, you know, I, like like people, someone's asking, well, how come you always wear your own hat? And I'm like, well, dude, if if I wouldn't wear my hat, then why would I expect someone else to wear my hat? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I kind of started getting thinking that, like, you know, I, I got to like what I'm playing. I'm not going to play something just because other people like it. You know what I mean? Like, it has to be something that I, I like, that I appreciate. And I have a peculiar, you know, a certain taste just like everyone else does. You know, everybody's got their own their own thing. But I, I always find it funny when, you know, yeah. I think that's just being well, young, though, like that whole exclusivity no, i know i think yeah. i think listen don't don't kid yourself um there's nothing worse for a woman to walk into a place and have and somebody else have the same dress on that she has oh i, I, I can imagine <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> you know they just can't that's just, just never been cool so um i want to i want to talk about we're going to play that uh the song death in the fourth of july and just sure you got to tell me what brought that song together and how you you know how you came about with that well, I think the death on the Fourth of July for me, it's it's a uh, it it goes back to something that happened you know years ago, like a, a time that I spent you know and and honestly, like I kind of feel like I've always heard that death and taxes is inevitable, and right. I kind of feel like death on the Fourth and you know I just thought it was cute like death on the Fourth of July, and it centers around this time that uh, my friends and I we all went to uh, to a concert here in San Antonio. I think it was 1992 maybe or three. And it, it, you're gonna you're gonna trip as to who was playing. It was um, Cheap Trick and uh, the Stray Cats. Oh my gosh! I think yeah, I we saw were... that. I think I saw them on that tour. Yeah, I, you probably I, did because it was it was awesome. Yeah, it was rad. So we we all went to that, and at that time we were heavily into like this rockabilly greaser look, you know, with the hair and the cars. Right. And, and so I, I always remember that. I mean, and you know, we were so out of our element too because like this is 1990. You know what I mean? Like it's not. 1950 or 60, but that sound that the Stray Cats were doing is something that we were really into. We loved it. And so we ended up going to see them in San Antonio at a, at a Freedom Fest. It was called Freedom Fest. It was on the 4th of July. And then immediately after that, they that the Cheap Trick and the Stray Cats drove to Austin and played another Freedom Fest in Austin. And we followed them up there. And just that whole ride up there and like, it just made me think of that, like being young and just not just being able to get up and do that. You know, like nowadays we don't, you know, it ain't like that. 
You yeah. know, all of us have families and like, you know, the, the, the time that we do get to go out is literally when we're gigging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Yeah. I totally get yeah. it. I did that for years. And, um, yeah. And my kids are all adults now. So we're now, we, we just became empty nesters a month ago. So now wow. it's like, cool. You know, we're, we're, we're flying out to see concerts and see people that we that's, enjoy. That's so. great. And my wife and I started late. So we have a, a four year old and a six year old in the house. Oh, I started yeah. late too, so I got it. Yeah, so I, but I, it's really, I, dude, I wouldn't have it any other way, though. It's I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I don't regret it. Yeah, I wasn't ready so, before. So you know, it's just it's basically just a coming of age song. Like it's 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 meant to conjure up those images of being younger and like just being so carefree and you know moments that happen that at that moment you feel like it's going to last forever, you know, and it's never going to be another moment like it. And then here we are 20 years later and, and there's other moments happening and new things that are happening, but it's just part of life, you know? But, you know, to be able to have a song that you can, um, that brings you back to a moment and that's what music does for people. Um, yeah. You know, it, it brings up emotions and a lot of people have songs that, you know, just they go back and play them because it brings them back to a place and a memory that they, they loved or, or maybe that they've missed. So we're going to sure, play that yeah. uh, death in the 4th of July. Um, we've got Robert Salinas of Blackbird Sing on the show today. And when he comes back, we want to talk about some other things that they're doing and how great it is that I ran into you guys in that parking lot. And now I've got you on the show and I'm loving it. I want to introduce your sound to my listeners. So you guys, if you're just tuning in again, it's the Blackbird Sing and we're going to play Death in the 4th of July. And when we come back, we'll play some more music for you. We'll be right back.
Well, we're back with Robert Salinas and Blackbird Singh, and um, he's he's getting all caffeinated up so he can he can be ready for this uh, interview and do better articulate my thoughts. Yeah. I get it. You know, um, what I really love about um, you guys and and what you're doing is you've incorporated a lot of different styles. And um, like I said, I love that you don't feel like you have to be down one particular lane. Um, And and I can hear it in, in your music. And I would imagine that a lot of it is because of the background that you came from and all of you guys play in so many different bands. Right. And, and bringing that to the table. Yeah, I, I think from like, you know, we talked about it once or twice, you know, the guys, and we've always been about, we grew up in a musical family. Like it wasn't so much that everybody in our family played music, but there was a lot of music in our house um, okay. in all of our houses, you know, and we had a big, you know, Latino family, man. We, there's a lot of brothers and sisters and cousins and, and so we had a lot of generational cousins, meaning like we had, uh, I mean, uncles and well, I guess uncles and cousins. Like we, I had an uncle that was, you know, he grew up in the seventies, one grew up in the sixties, one grew up in the eighties. And so their music, I used to go look at their record collection and I would just rifle through it. Like, man, I was just so like, what are all these albums? You know? And one of them was heavy into like heavy metal, like Ozzy Osbourne, Dawkins, oh, like yeah. Dio, you know, that stuff. And so of course I love that too. And I had another uncle that was heavily into like Elvis Costello and uh, the pretenders. And like, so you're getting, I'm getting this crazy mix of music. Like my, those stuff that my parents listened to. Um, I know James and Daniel, their dad was heavily into country music uh, and Tejano music, which is very similar. You know what I mean? So right. we're, we're pulling that all the time. Every party we had at grandma's house, every family gathering, everything was a lot of it revolved around music. And so there was, and it was like, it wasn't just one, like, it wasn't like, we're just going to blast this music. It was like everything you can think of the Eagles, you know, like the Bee Gees, all that stuff oh, is God. hot stuff, man. You know, no doubt. you yeah. can't get any better harmonies than the Bee Gees. I mean, come on. No, you well, can't. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I actually love about the Latinos is that um, it's like, the big family gatherings, you know, the all, all, all I loved um, being a part of that. And I, and I, I have been on several occasions with friends that are Latino. I love the fact that food and music were just, they go hand in hand and right. everybody loved to sit around and just pull out an instrument and be a part of whatever it was that was going on. And it seems like it's just a, a foundation in the Latino life. I don't know if it's blood or what, man, but we, it's just part of the, I mean, you know, when you, when you grow up like that, it doesn't seem abnormal. It just seems like that's just what everybody does. But I've gotten that from a few of my friends that come in and they're like, dude, this is crazy. Like, like we don't have this. And I'm like, well, you know, it's here. It's here whenever you want. But um, yeah, it's just music, man. Like I, I've always felt that music is so universal. Like with every, that's one thing that people that don't see eye to eye or people that are different from you, that's one thing that's like a real easy common ground, you know, is, is music. It's, it's one of those that just kind of transcends all kinds of, you know, boundaries and borders and whatnot, you know? So I've always, well, I, I, I've always immersed myself in it, you know? 
I, I, I think, um, you know, I can't, we can't not talk about what's happened in the last year with um, the, the shutdown of having sure. um, the ability to go out and play music and how hard that was on so many, right. many musicians. And then on top of that, to not be able to gather together with your family and friends and, and share and, um, you know, that it was just huge for me because sure. my, my life is about um, relationship. And, um, I know that, uh, for a lot of my friends, especially, you know, that were, were having family members come down with COVID and they were, you know, trying to be so careful. It was just so hard and harsh on everybody to not have that fellowship. What did you do during that year, Robert? How was it for you? I know that, I know that for you, your day gig is, um, you know, you're a graphic artist, so you do, you can do everything on your own, but tell me how, how did that really affect you guys? Well, I'm not going to get too heavy into it because I don't want to like offend certain people or anything like that. It's just, I have my own thoughts on it, you know, and I can't speak for the band because we all have different views on it. Uh, but I can tell you that in the very beginning of it, in the very beginning of 2020, we had our, we had already just, that's, we were on our upswing. We were like, we had all these shows booked and, you know, venues that hadn't been calling us back were finally calling us back. And we had, we had it lined up and then it just fell out. And it was like, whoa, here we are. So we're going to build it all up again. Um, we ended up not taking too much time off and got shows wherever we could. You know, all the little towns, they kind of are still functioning normal. Like, you know, not, I wouldn't say as normal, but as normal as can be uh, given the circumstance. Um, you know, here at my home, not much changed. You know, like for me, uh, COVID was sort of a blessing. I mean, in a lot of ways, um, I work from home. My wife is a, is a surgical assistant, so she worked in the hospital. She never stopped working. I mean, she was nonstop. Has, she works all the time. She's a workhorse, you know, and, and I, I give her so much credit because she does, you know, she does work that's, like, life-changing where I'm just playing with a computer and drawings. <laughs> but um, so I, since I work from home, my mother-in-law is, like, our granny nanny, so she watches our children at home. And my daughter started school, and we homeschool her, so – our life kind of stayed the same sort of, okay. um, but we did watch a lot of people around us that didn't, that were, that had a hard time with it. Um, but what I thought I was telling you before was, so we were able to just start, you know, we'd go to, uh, we still kept doing the park stuff and walking and exercising. Cause I feel like that's real important is, uh, staying healthy, you know, more so than staying in and, and, um, not being social as people We're social creatures, you know? Absolutely. And we need, to, we, need, we need that. So there's, you know, there's more stuff. I it's, it's, you know, but, um, well, logistically, you, you know, you can't, uh, you know, and, and I get it, especially if you weren't being, um, exposed to it. We had, um, you know, I had two or three families that, um, I was very close to that lost six and seven people in their family to COVID. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it was a real thing. And so I had, you know, you have to, you have to recognize that. And so for me, well, I want to tell you what I meant by, by, by the best thing that happened to me, like personally, like I can't speak for everyone else. Um, and I haven't told a lot of people, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty private person, but as for me, like I got COVID in the very beginning and it hit me super hard. Um, but my kids and my wife, my mother, none of them got it. Just me. 
And it ended up being like, I ended up being treated not far from where you guys are at. Um, cause my wife was like, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to take you to the hospital here. Cause they're not, they don't know how to treat it. Like it was in the beginning. Uh, there's a woman there in Dallas. I'm not going to say who she is or whatever. I just want to just real quick. And I was treated there and I was immediately like night and day, like I was in a bad way. And I, I, but because I went there, she couldn't figure out why I got sick. She goes, you know, I'm seeing all my patients that are coming in and it's hitting certain people a lot harder than others. Yeah. Like I, 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 it's definitely a real thing. So I don't want, yeah, I don't want people to think that I don't believe that it is a real thing. Um, what ended up happening is she found out that I was full blown diabetic and I didn't know that. And that's how I found out. And the silver lining for me was that, yeah, it's crazy. There's, there's so much light. There's so much, there's so much more to the story. I mean, it's, I don't want to take up your two hour, like a two hour segment and, you know, but personally, like for me and and I'm not trying to offend anybody or make anybody feel like it's like minimize it. But what ended up happening is it made me take a good look at to the way I was living. And I changed my whole lifestyle completely. Um, I changed the way I eat. Uh, I don't do sugar and carbs. I, I cleaned up my act. I exercise constantly. Like, it just changed everything. And I got super fit, like in that time period. Um, it, it also brought awareness to me, like as to like how we can better take care of ourselves naturally versus just taking medicine, you know, for everything. Cause I, I'm not a believer in that. I mean, I, there's medicine for when you need it, but I, I prefer a more natural approach to things because that's just the way I believe, you know, but you um, and I get along great. <laughs> yeah. So it ended up being like it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy, Melee. We, we can talk off, 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 off the camera on this, but yeah, totally. Uh, it's just one of those things that, so the guys, you know, they were the only people that I told in the beginning. Uh, the only people I talked to about it, even some of my family, cause they were so scared. I didn't want to scare anybody and make them think that, you know, I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen to me, but I can tell you that I immediately got better after I was treated. Like I, like I got up and she's like, you're going to have to start and I wasn't overweight, like you, you know, nothing. Like I looked, I was 25 pounds heavier and I'm not a heavy dude. So, but I just, you know, it was just from years of sitting and, and pizza and drinking and gummy bears and like, you know, just, no, I get it. it's crazy, I man. It. It's so crazy. People don't, people don't understand that the biggest um, problem out there, and I'm going to piss off some people right now, but the biggest um, problem that we have in our society is the intake of sugar and how many people yeah. eat so much of it. And they don't even realize that it's in so they many don't. foods and all the processed foods that we do. And so, you know, this is not a health show and it's not about trying to make people feel bad about what they do but i'm no, going to tell you right no. now that it, it is it's so vital and i think people are starting to finally realize that we really have to take responsibility for our own lives and our own health and we can't just um you know fall into the ads and the and the you know, the crap that's being said out there to make you think that, th- that this particular product is going to make you healthy. What's going to make you healthy is go back to the earth and go back to the things that, that are grown and that we were developed and born to eat. And absolutely. Yeah, and just yeah. be, a, be a part of the are meant, are meant to move. 
Yep, absolutely. Well, you know what? What a blessing, Robert, that you um, and, you know, I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to disagree that uh, we know that a lot of people that are having problems with COVID, uh, a lot of them are diabetic. And um, and, and, in the Latino community, like I got to tell you, that's it's real prevalent, but it's not it has nothing to do. It has to do with the foods we eat. Like we can control it. I chose to control it by the way I eat and and by the way I live my life. I didn't want to have to take uh, medicine or, or anything like that. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to make this change. And like I said, I, I had been telling my wife for years, oh, I'm going to start walking. I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to get fit. I never would have done it. I never would have done it if this wouldn't happen to me. So and it was a great wake great. up call for you. And it was a wake up call. Yeah. And it was a new reset. And now you're yeah. going to be around a lot longer for your, your young children because you well, waited late. And I'm, I'm the same way. Well, I'm the same way. I was the oldest mom at the high schools. <laughs> the <Wow>. oldest. <laughs> well, um, we're going to play I've Got a Song. And why don't you give me a little background on that? So I've Got a Song was a song that like we, you know, we do this thing at, when we practice sometimes and I'll come in and I'll just start randomly singing things that, just I'll tell them, look, check out this tune and I'll play a song. And and every so often, like a song comes out of it. Like it's like, oh, hey, maybe we could do something with this. And it's a lot of times it's just jamming. Like we're not a jam band per se. Like we're more of a we rehearse and we play what we do. Well, we can't just sit there and improvise like some guys can. You know, they're you know, I'm not that talented. So I wish I was. But there's times where we're just kind of joking around. I mean, you, you know, you get a certain set of chords that run through the head. Like we have, we have this thing that we call the blackbird formula, but I'm not going to share it because it's our formula. The Everybody has one. Yeah. <laughs> everyone has one. And so this was one of those songs that just kind of like, I wouldn't say it's a joke song, but it wasn't something that, that, that I was like real serious about because I have this tendency to be very um, wordy in my, in, in the songs. Like, um, I'm very, I'm very aware of it. Like that's something that I, that I, I take a lot of pride in is, 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 is the execution of certain words to convey something to someone, you know, like I find beauty in it. Right. And I always think like, wow, man, there's so many songs that I love that the lyrics are terrible. Like they're just not, there's not much going on there. I said, why can't I write a song where I don't have to think about it so much? Cause it's to the point of obsession, you know? Right. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to write this song. And I'm notorious for not remembering my own songs on stage. Like there's, it happens all the time. Songs that I've been playing <laughs> for the past 10 years. And I'll look at the guys like, Hey, like what's next, you know? Oh um, my God. I can't tell so you how many times I've turned to my husband or my bass player and say, what's the first line of my song? Or what's all you need is the first line, right? And you're like, you're cold. The first line, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll do like the whole thing where I sing the second verse the first time and the first, and the guys will just look at me like, God, I man, know, how do you not I remember know. this? But so it, it has to do with that. And I, I really like this song. Um, there's a guy that's in town. His name is Sonny Ozuna. And he sings a song called, um, it's called Put Me in Jail. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if you, that's an old song from the 60s. And for whatever reason, like I was listening to that a lot. And I kept thinking about like, Hey, Good Looking by Hank Williams. You know, and, and it, it just kind of became this thing and I was joking around playing it and I was like, Hey, I, I kind of like this. I, I got a new song with words I can't remember, you know? And so it became what it is like, you know, mm-hmm. 
by Silas Nello called Highway 380 Dilemma and I just had to play it. He's a Dallas guy and that's a highway right near where I live so I just dig that song. Well, we're back with Robert Salinas and Blackbird Sing and we've been talking a lot off the air and I don't want to, I don't want to talk any more off the air. I want people to hear this, um, Robert. And I, um, you don't know that, you don't know that much about me but um, I have a very strong faith and it's relational because it's personal. And it needs to be personal. 
because um, w- there's there's lots of religions out there and there's lots of spirituality out there that's um, that's at people's, you know, I don't know. That it's an opportunity for us to talk real, real right now about how we are all here and we're all doing the same thing. And the one thing that I did find out about COVID, because it was worldwide, it wasn't something that was just happening in our little area. It was worldwide and we were all trying to navigate through this thing. It brought me back to the realization that here I am in a little town in Texas and I've got there's people that are in countries all over this planet that are suffering with the idea behind what am I supposed to do with this and who am I and why did this happen? And we all have this journey. The moment that we're born into this world where we're trying to figure out why we're here and what's our purpose. And it brought me back to being real with myself and understanding who I am and what I want to be, whether it's connected to what my belief is. I've had a very personal experience with God and God is very real to me and I don't want to live in this world without it, but I'm not going to say that because I've got some close, close friends that are atheists and they don't, they don't see that need for them. So it's very personal. So, So without, you know, telling you what to say. I want you to just speak from the heart for people about what happened with you during this, you know, this real intrinsic find that you had during this last. Sure. So, um, you know, during the lockdown too, and one of the things that that happened is my wife and I, we got a lot closer, um, spending time together, um, and, and talking about things that we had kind of not talked about before. Um, you know, I was brought up heavy, heavy Catholic and, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get too far into the religious part just because like you said, it makes a lot of sense. Everybody has different beliefs and no one's really wrong. Like everybody's right. Uh, you know, and everybody's wrong. So it's, it's the same, like it's so, but, but I firmly believe too, like that I had put God on a shelf for a long time and not really been paying attention to him. And I think that when we had children, and I see the way things are going. I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, we might need to uh, really push. We got to give our kids some sort of a moral compass from the beginning. Like my parents did that for me. And even though I didn't stay on the path all the time, it was something that was always there. Where my wife, she grew up a little different. You know, she didn't have that always being present, but she saw it herself. And she found something that she really, that really touched her heart. And I think that at the same time, we were both kind of holding back on that. And so we decided, you know what, why don't we just move forward and let's let's do that. Let's get our kids and we'll start going to church and taking care of these things because I feel like we need it right now. I think that was something that a lot of people need. And it's I don't I don't care what church you go to, what God you you know, it, that that's irrelevant to me. I think that people need to realize that you got to look at life and how beautiful it is. And, and yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ugliness in it, but there's also a lot of beauty in life. Everywhere you go, everything that happens to you, everything you see, if you just take a minute to look at it and look beyond it, you start to realize that how could this not be created by something greater than us? Something greater than we are. We're so immersed in ourselves that we think that we are the only thing that matters, but it's not true. You know, we're living, we're walking this path and everybody's walking it at the same time all over the place like you said you know you're in a small texas town and across the world someone's having the same exact feelings you're having 
And that's that's scary, but it's also beautiful. Like it's, you know, we're connected, you know.
Well, I sure hope you guys enjoyed that interview today with Robert. I, I know I did. And we had a lot of conversation off the, um, you know, off the radio. And uh, I dig this guy. He's such a sweetheart. And the band Blackbird Sing, they're very entertaining. So if you guys get a chance to see him, please do download their music. And really, really important to me that you guys support local music and these independent artists. And some of them are actually on some labels and some of them aren't. But for me, I just want us to support all these local guys that, you know, you don't hear about them on an international level, but that doesn't mean they're not international talent. Because I I know this, I know a lot of these Texas artists that I hear, they could be playing on a huge stage or in a little bar and you're going to get the same show and it's phenomenal. So thanks again for tuning in as you always do with Texas Homegrown Music. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Peace out, everybody. Love life. You know, you get out of it what you put into it. And I just want to leave you today with the show, with the song by Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, Shape I'm In. I think it's a really cool song, and uh, I love the lyric. He says, don't judge me by the shape I'm in. Sometimes we go through some stuff. We've had a hard week this week. My husband and I got some really funky news, but I'll tell you what, we're bigger than all of that because love makes love and is going to get us through it all and get us through the day, and I hope it gets you through your day as well as this good music. So peace out, everybody. Thanks to Tupps Brewery and Guitar our sanctuary for making these shows possible and I'll see you next week well it's hard to hold your head up when you made somebody cry I'm glad to be here but it's hard to fake a smile I'm picking up the pieces one piece at a time Thank you.